as we start this morning, I'm just thankful that we can worship through song. Amen. And as we have, and as we've talked about in different meetings and different settings, we are a multi-generational church and we are multi-generational when it comes to our music. As you saw this morning, thank God for the variety of music for people like Betsy who play, but also just different genres of music. As you heard this morning, we sang two beautiful hymns. We had raise a hallelujah, which is a, just a huge blessing. And, and just a song that you put on when you've had a rough day. And as the, as the words of that song say, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Think about your life. Think about what you're going through right now. Is that true? Could that be said of you? Are you going to sing in the middle of the storm? Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praise roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated. The king is alive. And then as you heard just a few moments ago, some great southern gospel. Um, I serve thee because I love thee. Right? What a great reminder of who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to be about. And so this morning I invite you to take your copy of God's word and turn over to the book of James. This is our fifth and final message in our conversation about James series. And we are looking forward to unpacking some truths with you today. Um, for those of you as just a reminder, turn to the back of your Bible and then start flipping, um, back. And so you have revelation, Jude, first, second, third, John, first, second, Peter, and then James. James is sandwiched between Hebrews and First Peter. As we get started this morning, I want to invite uh, my friend, Miss Tammy Bryan. If you will, Miss Tammy, go ahead and uh, make your way up here. She was, uh, she's our fifth and final contestant. She's our fifth, fifth and final participant um, who was in our small group, and she's going to be sharing what she learned from Chapter Five. So, give us just a minute. For those of you that don't know, this is Miss Tammy Bryan. This is definitely Jay Bryan's better half. <laughs> Tammy's had a, um, a bit of a rough year with some health concerns and a lot of doctor's appointments. And I don't know, Jay, can could it be said of Tammy that she's been singing in the middle of the storm? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I figured so. Uh, and you'll hear her heart today, especially in her response. So if you have not, make sure on your way out today, there are some uh, handouts that we had last week um, from our HEAR, H-E-A-R, Bible study method. There's some sheets that kind of explain that. And that's what we did when we were in our group. That's the way we study and, and are asking God. We want to hear from you. And the way we hear from him is just to... Um, sit down with a verse or two and just say, okay, God, what are you saying to me now in this season of my life uh, with what I have going on as I've opened your word? And, and let me remind you this this morning. I, I would pray a lot of times, Lord, open my heart and my mind to see you more clearly, right? Only the Lord can open hearts and minds. And so this morning we have Miss Tammy with us. We were studying chapter five. Uh, Miss Tammy, what was the one verse that kind of stood out to you? It was verse 8. It says, you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Okay, Tammy, were there any, um, were there any things that you, you kind of jumped out at you or that you circled in that particular verse? I did. I circled be patient and stand firm. So I want to ask you this morning as, as Tammy kind of saw those were two, be patient 
and stand firm. I wonder this morning how many of us um, would consider ourselves to be patient people. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of us would consider ourselves to be patient people? I see some people nodding their heads no, right? Um, then stand firm. The ESV says establish your hearts. Right, establish your heart. So, Miss Tammy, when you, you highlighted that, you interacted with the word, and what were some other things when you began to explain that? How did you explain it? Well, I looked at the definition of patient and stand firm. And uh, to be patient is the quality of one who bears misfortune or pain without complaining or loss of their temper. And stand firm is one who refuses to abandon one's belief and not to give in when the going gets tough. What a great reminder. And you also, I guess, had another verse that, as you were studying that, that you were reminded of as well, right? I did a cross-reference, and, uh, you know, because the Lord does open up different verses. He says the same thing throughout the Scripture. And a verse that I referred to was Philippians 4.1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown stand firm in the Lord, my beloved. What a what a great reminder, Miss Tang. How how did you, as you were studying that verse, what is a way that you kind of felt that you could apply it to your life? Well, um, there was a couple of things. Like uh, I know that there's one thing that Abraham Lincoln once said, and he says to be sure to put your feet in the right place, then stand firm. Okay, so if you put your feet in God's word then you will stand firm. And to apply it, I said, as believers, we need to plant our feet firmly in what has been revealed to us in Scripture and then stand firm in the Lord because we are to rely on God and His Word and remain committed to His truths. That's absolutely true. Um, One of the things that, as I was looking over Tammy's notes, because we went through this back in the spring, and so I got a copy of her notes to kind of look over for today. And one of the words from what she wrote from the application that really stood out to me was this word committed. And I think, I think if there was one word in society today that we really have misdefined or we just have thrown out of our lives and our vocabulary is the word commitment. Right? What does it mean to be committed? I mean, so many people nowadays instead of getting married, they just live together, right? To me, that's a lack of commitment. It's like, hey, we're just going to try this out. If this doesn't work, now we'll just go on down the road. But, I mean, I'm looking at some of you that have been married longer than I've been alive, longer than, you know, my parents have been alive. You've been married for a really long time, and you made a commitment before God and men that you were going to honor and love each other. Right, and that you were going to see the Lord together, and that you were going to be each other's helpmates. And for some odd reason, that particular word just jumped out at me because I see it all the time. You see it in people in attenders, people who attend, people in marriages, in just different situations. When I was in youth ministry, we would see it all the time too. It would be like, "Hey, we're going to go, and we're going to go on a, we're going to go to a Clemson game." We did that one time, and it's like. You know, hey, come on, let's go. Let's get a van full of kids and let's go to a Clemson game. But it's like nobody would commit. And why? And as I had conversations with other youth pastors and I even saw it with youth, you know why they don't commit? 
because they're holding out in something in case something better comes along. We could say that of salvation too, right? There's so many people. There's a story I read recently about a man that numerous pastors went to him and they tried to share the gospel with him. And he said, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Well, friends, I don't know about you, but we're not promised tomorrow. Stop thinking about it. Commit. Commit. Tammy, um, how else did you kind of, there was another illustration that you kind of wrote in your notes as well. One thing I learned through this study that Chris shared with us is that use your daily Bible that you might underline and, you know, mark through, but then have a study Bible or a reference Bible that you don't mark so the Lord clearly speaks to you in different ways when you read it. And out of that um, application Bible, it said, and it was something that I think it feel like everybody could relate to as a good example. It said, just as the farmer waits patiently for his crops to grow, he can't hurry the process. He puts in as much work to ensure a good harvest. In the same way, we must be patiently for Christ's return. While we wait, there's much work to be done to advance God's kingdom. Wow. And, and she plucked that right out of the passage that we were reading as well. You know, think about that. A planter, he plants and he has to wait. For some of y'all this morning, just keep planting seeds. Amen. Because as, as Paul has a conversation later in the New Testament, he says, you know, some people plant, some people water, but God grows. Right? So God needs people planting. He needs people watering. And you worry, you don't worry about the growth. Right, you just be obedient to plant seeds for Christ, to water and to pour out. And can I remind you of something too as we talk about watering? You you can't pour out what you don't have. You can't pour out what you don't have. You have to be seeking him yourself. Right? And so many times some people are just they serve, 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 serve. They forget to rest. You friends have to rest. You have to renew. You know, Martha and Mary. You know, it was like, you know, one of them just serves her. Why isn't she doing this? Because she's with me. She's enjoying my presence. So don't forget to be in the presence of the Lord. As you pour out your life into others, find ways to be fed to yourself. Find ways to be poured into. That's why small groups are important. That's why the assembly of the saints on Sunday morning is important. Because we're going to wash over you with the word of God. We're going to teach you. We're going to show you the way. You know, it might be for me sometimes is the one who's pouring out. Sometimes I have to be poured into. This past Monday night, I went and attended Monday night service at Alice Drive. Why? Because I didn't have to worry about what was coming next. I didn't have to worry about the next cue. I didn't have to worry about who was going to pray next. I didn't have to worry about a song ending on time and then what happens. I, I could just sit and I could soak and I could be poured into. So find ways to do that. Listen to messages. We have so much technology today. Go online. Go on YouTube. There's tons of great preachers that you can um, go and listen to their sermons as well. So if you miss a Sunday, I encourage you to go back and listen to our messages online. But find ways to be fed too. Don't just keep pouring out. Don't be empty, right, by pouring into other people. And then, uh, Tammy, one of the things I forgot to mention that you that I'd love for you to kind of share is what are some things that you learned about James and that you just learned about the Lord as you studied um, the book of James with us in this group? Well, I learned, um, first off, that genuine faith transforms lives. Um, hold, up, hold up. Repeat that. 
Genuine faith transforms lives. Right. We, over and over again, these people who call themselves Christians, do you see a change of heart? Do you see a change of attitude? Do you see a change of actions? When you meet Jesus, everything changes. Amen? As you seek him, he's going to chisel away the hardness of your heart. All right, Miss Tammy, keep going. We are encouraged to put our faith into action um, by serving others. Practice self-control by turning from our evil desires and stay focused on God. Um, I thought overall James was like the how-to book on Christian living. I love Proverbs, but I learned a lot. It was like a little synopsis, James was. Um, And like our speech, our daily living, um, you know, we should... Be doers of God's word. No, it's not listeners, but doers of God's word. And pray for each other. Help each other to have faith, to be faithful, to be accountable. That's right. I mean, one of the key words that she just said there a minute ago is be accountable. I mean, as I look around the room, if you come and sit in a pew on Sunday morning, how accountable are you? Who's going to hold you accountable? But by coming to our prayer group, by coming to a Sunday night meeting, by coming to one of our small groups where we're going to be studying the Word of God, you're going to be in a more intimate setting. You're going to get to know people. You're going to realize that, A, you're not alone. And then you're going to realize some of the things that other people have been through. Tammy, one of the most beautiful things that um, you, just, you, you told me this morning, again, as we were walking into church, that your grandmother taught you how to pray and that you would pray every night. And so one of the things that Tammy would do is she would share her entries every week as she wrote a prayer. And Tammy picked chapter 5 as her chapter, and she's written a beautiful prayer. And so listen as she reads this, but we'll also, I plan to share it. If it's okay with you, Tammy, I'd love to just share this on our Facebook page so that people can see it written out and maybe pray a portion of that as well. Is that all right with you? And said, Lord, help me not only to be patient and steadfast in my faith, but to put everything into your hands, trusting that your timing is perfect. When I struggle, may the Holy Spirit help me to be still, to be patient and to wait peacefully. Give me the willingness to be about your kingdom's work and help my mind to be focused on your will to be done. As I wait for your coming, in Jesus' name, I humbly pray. Amen. Amen. And I forgot, too, as I often do sometimes. Tammy, you have a poem that you'd like to read as well. Do you want to read that today? Um, When we were studying, James, um, it kind of brought me back to this poem that I wrote when I got saved. And I keep it in my Bible, and I hope one day that when it's my turn to go home, that it can be read and read with sincerity at my service. And the name of its face is... When I look in a mirror, whose face do I see? Is it just a face of someone looking at me? It may be sweet, loving, and true, or is it someone that reminds me of you? When others see me, what do they see? A face of expression or a face of glee? Or do they see Jesus in everything I do and say, because I never know who might be looking my way? Jesus died so I might live. He wants me to be faithful and willing to give. To give of myself, even though it may be tough. After all, Jesus is the only one that ever gave enough. 
God sent his only son to die for my sins, so I one day too shall live with him. So I won't be satisfied with what this world brings. I'll live my life for my Lord and make him my master and king. As years go by, in this life many faces I will meet. Let it be said that they saw Jesus in me. Amen. <laughs> we can take up another offering and then go home. Um, <laughs> all right, Miss Tammy. Well, thank you so much for sharing your heart and sharing what you learned in the book of James with us. Um, and thank you all for um, allowing us to be a part of um, be a part of the series and be able to share some of these things with you. Um, got it. So really quickly, I want to touch on my verse from chapter 5 as Tammy's making her way back to her seat. I just want to touch on the verse that I picked in chapter 5. It's actually two verses. It was James chapter 5, 19 and 20. You'll see these similar words in, in your copy of God's Word. My brothers, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. We could camp out here and I might have to come back, but just that first notion that James is saying, my brothers, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, and the first thing that came to mind for me was the old hymn, um, come thy fount of every blessing. Right? Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart, oh, take and seal it with thy spirit from above. Listen, we are all prone to wonder. Amen? We're all prone to wonder. Wonder is a part of my story. Wonder is a part of my story. I was saved as a child. I professed Christ as my Savior when I was a, a young teen. And I was baptized. And then I was in and out of church, right? I really couldn't find my place. I went to a church where most everybody I was there with was, I was related to. And I really couldn't have faith. I couldn't, I was trying to figure out my faith, but it was odd to have doubts, you know, because it was like, oh, what, you don't believe that? I'm going to tell your grandma, I'm going to tell your mama. You know, it's like, be quiet. You know, so it's like, you know, it's hard. It's hard. And I saw it in youth ministry, too. I had one child who attended the Free Will Baptist Church on Sunday, and he served on their tech team. But outside of that, on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights when we had youth, he was with us. And one time I pulled him aside, and he said, Mr. Chris, he said, I'm just so thankful that I could find a place here. I found a place to belong. I could have doubts because he, too, had grown up in that church. And so wondering is a part of my story. And I wrote this statement. We wonder when we forget to wonder, right? We wander, we wander when we forget to wonder. We drift when we forget to dream. We, we, we drift, we wander when we forget to imagine. A few years ago, I think it was in October of 2015, I attended a, a conference called Catalyst that I love so dearly and just helped me immensely as a leader and someone who was trying to take next steps in my faith. And the whole conference, the theme of that conference was awaken the wonder, awaken the wonder inside of me, right? I mean, I just, I think back now and 
and, and I wanted to share a couple nuggets of wisdom that I took from my notes at that particular conference because it was just such a blessing, right? I mean, one of the things they said was don't give your life to something small. Don't give your life to something small. Replace how with wow. How many? How often do you hear an idea and you're like, well, how are we going to do that? What about instead if you said, wow, we never thought about that before. Wow, how, how that's cool, right? I'm glad God's stirring within your heart. So replace how with wow. That's how you awaken the wonder. Think about it for a minute, friends. We do indeed wonder when we forget to wonder, when we forget to imagine, when we forget to dream, when we forget to just sit in awe of who God is. When was the last time that you just sat down and remembered and, and, and just tried to let God wash over you who he is and what he has done in your life? And look around. It could be so simple as getting up in the morning and seeing the birds in the backyard or walking to your car and hearing the birds singing or looking up and seeing a beautiful sunset or seeing how God has worked in your life. Or maybe you wanted to go this direction and you didn't understand why God wouldn't open doors, but then he opened them over here. Right? When was the last time we just got before God and were in awe of who he is and enjoyed his wonder? Listen, the other thing they said, I love this. Be a student, not a critic. Be a student, not a critic. Worry trumps wonder. Familiarity chokes out wonder. Right? When the things that we're familiar with, we forget to see. We cease to see. I can't tell you how many times when I was in school, going back and forth to Turbyville, that I had driven that road numerous times going back and forth to Turbyville, to school and serving in ministry those first 18 months. And I went over there for three years. And y'all, there would be some days that the sun would just be shining a certain way. Wow, I've never noticed that house before. Right? I never noticed that before. So ask God to awaken the wonder with you. And can I tell you this? You aren't going to learn from people you agree with. Think about that. Think about it. You're not going to learn from people that you agree with. Because they already agree with you. So if you, if, if sometimes when you have questions or you have people that you're working on something, you know, just say, well, tell me more. Or tell me why. Right? What if we go into conversations and we did that? Well, tell me more. Or why is that important to you? Learn from other people. A humble person can learn from anybody. Amen? So the truth of God's word should keep us grounded. James is telling us that we should go and bring people back into the fold and into the fellowship. Eugene Patterson says it this way. Don't write them off. Go after them. Go after them. And I thought about that notion this morning that the truth of God's word should keep us grounded and that we should go and bring back people into fellowship. I'm reminded of in Luke's gospel. Listen to this. In Luke's gospel in chapter 14, we find this particular verse in Luke 14, verse 23. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Go out in the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in. 
the most compelling argument is a changed life. And can, can I tell you really quickly a quick story? We're, we're talking about wandering this morning. We're talking about wondering this morning. Wondering is part of my father's testimony as well. He was raised in the church from the time he was a wee little thing. My grandfather went into ministry. In his early 20s, he was hurt by someone in the church. And he walked away. He walked away from the church. He wandered out. He wandered away. So sit before you this morning. Is there anybody in your family who has ever wandered away? My dad did. And my grandparents prayed. And they prayed. And they prayed. And I want you to know 30 years later, he reconnected and came back to church. See, we live in an instant have it your way society that we, we throw these prayers up and it's like, God, where's it at? Be faithful. Keep praying. Keep praying. But also, can I tell you a part of my dad's story, one thing that was sad? Are you praying for that person? I'm pretty sure you are. But are you praying that God might place other people in their path that could reach them that you couldn't? Are you specifically praying for that? What's sad in my dad's case was one of the greatest men of God that a lot of people in our community knew. His name was Alvin Moore. He was my great uncle. He was a quartet man. He could sing. Obviously, I did not get that gift. <laughs> but Uncle Alvin was a great man of God. And the Gideons made much of Jesus. He called my dad because my dad was a TV VCR repairman. He said, hey, come work on my TV. And as my dad talked about, my dad and I talked about his his life and journey with God in the last few years, dad said never once did he ever invite me to come to church. He didn't invite. He wasn't persistent. So scripture tells us go and compel them to come in. There's some of you this morning that you God has placed people on your heart and you go to their business, you go to their house and you're having conversations with them. And it's like, I want you to be, you need to be in church. You need to be growing to the, closer with God. Come and join us. We are imperfect people. A song I listened to this morning as I was trying to pick out songs, God builds churches with broken people. Amen. God builds churches with broken people. None of us have it together. Stop being hypocritical and saying that you do have everything together if you are. Repent of that. Seek him daily. We wander when we forget to wonder. We drift when we forget to dream. We, for, we, we drift, we wander when we forget to sit in the awe of who God is. My prayer that I wrote in my journal was awaken the wonder in my heart and mind. Awaken the wonder. I want to invite you to just take a moment. I want to invite you to just take a moment and to just spend a few moments in prayer. And just 
ask God what it is that you're holding on to that maybe you need to let go of. What is it that he's stirring that you just need to remember who he is, to sit in awe of him? Take a moment and and just spend a few moments in prayer.